0: Good morning everybody, good to be here in church with you guys, worshiping with you guys today. My name is Dan, I'm the worship director here, and welcome to you guys, worshiping with us online as well. It's a good day yeah, to be together worshiping the Lord. Um, we're going to start things off this morning by singing a song online online, it's probably up there. Um, I love this song, and, and it's just the, the dichotomy of it. Uh, so I was looking through some, some verses that this song is kind of birthed out of, written out of. And um, I'll read just two little short verses from it. So Hosea, um, one of the small prophets in the Old Testament, which I don't really think about much. But this verse is from Hosea. They will follow the Lord. He will roar like a lion. And when he roars, his children will come trembling from the west. And then John 1.29, also revelation, has come, this thought um, of the lamb comes out of so from John 1 and 29, the next day John saw Jesus coming toward him and he said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. So like I said, I just love the, the dichotomy of these two things. The, the Lion of God, Judah, who, who roars and goes before us, fighting our battles, fighting the enemy and winning for us. And also the Lamb Wayne, who is slain, who is gentle and at peace and brings us comfort. So... Um, Jesus is both of those things to us today, and we can take comfort in that. And as we sing that, as we sing this song of worship, let those images just come into your minds. So why don't you guys stand with us as we sing and worship God today?
1: slain. For the sin of the world, His blood breaks the chains. And every knee will bow before the Lion and the Lamb. Oh, every knee will bow before Him. Can stop the Lord who, can stop the Lord who can stop the Lord Almighty? 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 No one can. Oh, who can stop the Lord Almighty? who can stop the lord almighty who can stop the lord star god is the lion the lion of judah he's roaring with power and fighting our battles every knee will bow before Him. As our God is the Lamb, the Lamb that was slain. For the sin of the world, His blood breaks the chains. And every knee will bow before the Lion and the Lamb. Oh, every knee will bow before Him. now to
2: stand
1: you stood before my failure you carry the cross from my shame my sin weighed upon your shoulders my soul now So what could I say And what could I do but offer this heart oh God completely walk upon salvation salvation. Spirit alive in me This life to declare your promise my soul now to stand So what could I say What could I do? Would offer this heart, oh God, completely to you. Oh, so what could I say? What could I do? Oh, And My soul, Lord, to you surrendered. All I am is yours. And I'll stand, and I'll stand with arms high and heart abandoned in awe of the one who gave it all. And i My soul, Lord, to you surrendered. All I am is yours. Yes, I'll stand, I'll stand with arms high, heart abandoned in awe of the one who gave it all. I'll my soul, Lord, to you surrendered. All I am is yours. I stand with arms high and heart abandoned in awe of the one who gave it all. as I stand. My soul, Lord, to you surrender all I am is yours.
0: In ourselves to you today God yes God we do say that we stand in all of you of who you are of who you have been in our lives the lion that has gone before us fighting our battles when we feel like all else has failed that we've lost we've failed where our anxiety has hit a high and we're find ourselves in a valley but you God are the lion that has gone before us you are the rock that we can stand on today believe we are grounded we are grounded in you thank you jesus that you are the lamb that is still and quiet and at peace i pray that over each one of us this morning god that you would still our hearts bring each one of us peace today god Over all the turmoil the weak of the month of what may lay ahead that, that is uncertain. God, we lay that before you and ask that you would bring peace to each one of us this morning. God, we worship you today. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for your love for each one of us. Your rest in you today, God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You guys can take a seat. I have a couple of announcements to bring to our attention as we continue on today. Um, The first of which is summer is right around the corner. I know uh, the kids are very excited about that. There's a couple more weeks of school. um, For the rest of us, as this summer, well, school year winds down, summer winds up, we are going to have another round of Three's Company. Um, I know we've been talking about that for a couple weeks now, but Three's Company is just a wonderful way for... Anyone who may be new to Sunrise or if you guys have been here for a super long time but just want to hang out, meet some new people a little more intentionally, it's not as involved as a small group that kind of digs into a Bible study and meets regularly. This Three's Company, if you don't know what that is, it's what we do is we partner up three families or couples or singles or we mix them all up into three units and you guys will meet once over the course of three months. Three's Company and you guys get to choose whatever you want to do. You can go to a bowling alley, you can go to a coffee shop, go to a park, go to someone's house, have dinner, whatever you guys want to do. Just it's up to you guys to choose what you want to do and just um, get connected and feel more at home and meeting some new people here at Sunrise. So that is Three's Company coming up. You can sign up on that QR code in front of you or those of you Online with us today. That link will, for announcements will pop up in the links or the comments. You can click on that. that will bring you to our announcement page if you forget something I'm talking about. All the announcements are on our announcement page on the website today as well. Um, next, we have a worship and prayer service coming up this week, Wednesday night. We're meeting um, from 6 30 to 7
1: 30. I think it is.
0: Yes, 6 to 7 We'll be up here um, singing some worship songs. Our elders will help guide us in uh, some prayer. And we're very excited about this time. We can just sit back, let the Lord speak, ask him to open our ears to listen to him, and just spend some time focused and quiet and in prayer Wednesday night. So meet us here Wednesday night, 630. And lastly, um, our new summer events calendar is in the lobby. We've been having these quarterly. The new quarter one is out. We have a lot of fun events for families and everyone coming up this summer. So please check that out. Grab that and the little table in the lobby, bring it home, mark it in your calendar, stick it in your Google calendar, and um, join us for those events this summer. I think that's it for me. So uh, we take this next time to stand and greet each other, hang out, maybe um, check in with some of your friends or some of you haven't met, but also this is a time for our little kiddos to head back, and big kiddos, to head back towards their summer, not summer, to the Sunrise Kids programming back there. So why don't we stand up and greet each other this morning.
3: All right, all the introverts in the room are asking you to please have a seat. We're glad that you're here with us this morning. Whether you're joining us online or you're here in the room, thanks for being here. My name is Dan Fisher, and this morning we're going to have a conversation on transitions. Uh, We're having this conversation, for those of you who are newer, maybe you're jumping in for the first time today or just for the last couple of weeks, because I have let Sunrise know that I am transitioning, and with that transition, for me, comes a transition for Sunrise. And so in these last few weeks, June 5 is my last Sunday with you as lead pastor, in these last few weeks, it would be good for us to just talk about transitions, It's easy to talk about important things when they're easy to talk about and they're comfortable. But sometimes when there are things like a transition in an organization, in the church, or in a family, it's easier to just not talk about it because it can feel uncomfortable. Well, we're going to talk about it anyway. So this morning as we do that, uh, what I'd like to do is start out with this statement. Suffering is the path to glory. Boy, that's warm and cuddly, isn't it? suffering. Those of you who are finishing up your last couple weeks of school are feeling that right now. Those of you who are trying to close deals on the homes that you are trying to sell after many offers have been rejected are feeling the weight of this statement, suffering is the path to glory. Whatever that glory is for you, however you paint it, whether it's graduating college or getting to the point where you're making that certain amount of money that you've been hoping to make... Whatever that glory is for you, you know as well as I do that the experience of humanity is one in which the path toward achieving whatever it is you have in mind includes suffering. This morning, I want to talk about this concept because it's anchored in the text that we're looking at today. That's 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 16 through 18. This is a letter that Paul, one of the early leaders of the church, wrote about 25 years after Jesus was crucified, buried, and resurrected. And it's a little bit of a complex letter. It's written to a group of people who live in Corinth who are trying to follow Jesus well. That's why the name of this letter is Corinthians. It's called Second Corinthians because it's the second letter we have in our library of ancient texts that was written to this group of people. But it's complex because in this letter... It's almost as though Paul is trying to give all sorts of wisdom that don't really piece together super well in a narrative kind of way, but he's trying to give the community of God, those who are trying to follow Jesus well, helpful advice that will help them transition from a generation who lived and saw Jesus do his miracles into generations of people who will only hear about them. And so he has some things to say that I think are helpful for us. Let me pray for us as we jump in to our conversation this morning. God, thank you for your word. Thank you for your people. At the beginning of every week, we have an opportunity to come together in a space like this in person or online to, again, try to reorient our lives away from the pressures, away from the values of the workplaces that we are in that can pull us from you, And to come together into a space where we can sing, where we can drink coffee, we can talk with each other, we can be anchored again in your truth. And so God, we ask for this to be a space and time that is helpful for that as we seek to transform this world with your love and with your grace. Amen. Now, you moms out there, you know that this statement of suffering is the path to glory is true. You're not going to be holding a brand new baby in your arms if you are the one giving birth without some stress and suffering along the way. Now, husbands are not out of the loop on this one either. I mean, oftentimes when your wife is pregnant, you lose more sheets at night, and that is suffering because they get stolen. <laughs> you look at the background of this picture, you've got some freshwater oysters there. They're a beautiful looking creature, aren't they? They're they're like nasty rocks that flake away. And they are exposed to the elements of the water, of the sun, of the sand that comes and beats against them, and even birds that will come and pick them up and take them up high into the sky and drop them to try to break them open. You know, the inside is something that many of us enjoy, and that's an edible oyster. Same thing with clams. They're not as nasty on the outside, but what's on the outside of that clam is not super attractive and its job, its life is spent getting beaten up, weathering storms, literally, so that it can produce internally a pearl, a glory that is of great value that people in this room and online will pay a bunch of money to purchase. There's something to this picture of a freshwater oyster or of a clam that Paul latches onto as he has this conversation with the people in Corinth that we're going to jump into here this morning. So if you want to follow along, you can do that electronically. You can do it on the screen, in your hands, however you want to do that. But here we are in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 16 through 18, where Paul, a follower of Jesus, who wants to help other followers of Jesus know him well, writes these words. We don't lose heart. Though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. Since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. Now I told you a few moments ago that... Paul is writing about 25 years after Jesus' ministry comes to a violent close and yet a hopeful ascension, and he's writing to a community of people who are getting beaten up. If you follow along closely in the storyline of the New Testament, whether you're reading in the Gospels or even in some of Paul's writings, you know that the Jewish people begin to kind of cave in on followers of Jesus and to persecute them. And one of the challenges in the midst of being persecuted by outsiders is for the people who are on the inside, those who are following Jesus, to choose to live lives that are still exhibiting a fruit of the Spirit that offers sustenance spiritually to the world around them. The problem is when faith communities don't do that, and what they do is they actually look like outsiders and don't live lives that demonstrate the grace and the love of Jesus Christ. This is why Paul writes his first letter to this group of people that we call Corinthians. Because in that group of people, they are trying to follow Jesus well and the outside forces on them are telling them that this Jesus who they followed, who has been crucified, yeah, you think he was resurrected and he went to heaven, sure, whatever, but he's not really God's son and so you shouldn't be believing what you are. All of that pressure is coming from the outside and from the inside what's happening is that followers of Jesus are choosing to splinter themselves away from the way that God has called them to live and to celebrate things like, and this is in 1 Corinthians, incest. And so Paul, being someone who wants to follow Jesus well and to help this community of people who are trying to follow Jesus, follow him even better, interacts with them. He says, look, guys, when it comes to the issues that are happening inside of the church that are contrary to what Jesus has called us to do and to be, we have to address these things head on. We've got to speak truth. We've got to speak grace. We've got to be able to walk through those things well. And in 1 Corinthians, that's what Paul talks about. In 2 Corinthians, Paul is talking to the same group of people who are experiencing external and internal pressures to fragment in any number of ways. Paul is saying, look, we don't give up hope. Though there's pressure from the outside from outsiders, and there's pressure on the inside from ourselves, from those of us who have different views on the direction that we should be going, on the way that we should be handling ourselves, on what we think is right and what we think is wrong. Though all of those kinds of things are happening. We do not need to lose heart. Sunrise Ministries... Though there are people outside of Sunrise who have learned, like you have, that your lead pastor is leaving, and they might be saying certain things about what should or should not be happening to Sunrise. And though there are people in Sunrise who are wondering what it means for Sunrise to move forward well as a community of people trying to follow Jesus, and it feels like there's pressure to stay or to go or what kinds of conversations they have. Should we jump into Threes Company or should we not? And there's pressure that can begin to feel like it's crushing you. Paul, I think, is saying, even to Sunrise, we don't need to stress. We don't need to worry. We. Don't lose heart. Though outwardly, it can feel like we're like these clams, these freshwater oysters, and we're wasting away, internally, there's something that's happening. Now, why, why, do I, why am I bringing up this text this morning for us? I think it's, not I think, it's because I believe that in moments of transitions, Communities of people individually and corporately have to decide to cling on to one thing or another. Process or results. You can cling on to process or you can cling to results. Here's what I mean. Paul is leading different groups of people scattered throughout Asia who are trying to follow Jesus well. The Corinthians are just one group of them. And he's trying to communicate to all of them through different letters. That's why you have a letter to Ephesus called Ephesians, a letter to Galatia called Galatians, a letter here to Corinthians called Corinthians. He's trying to help them see who Jesus is in the midst of change, in the midst of transition, and to continue to move toward him well. Now, in all of that, He can help the community of people who are trying to follow Jesus focus either on the result of what they hope to happen, which is that everyone around them will know and love and follow Jesus, or he can help them focus on process. And I think what Paul chooses to do is to take the path of helping people focus on process, not results. Why do I think that? Well, let's look at this text here again. We do not lose heart, though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. This is a moment where Paul says he's looking here for a moment at the results. What is the hoped-for result of everyone who follows Jesus? And that is this, that the eternal glory that we are all waiting for, that Jesus' kingdom, his way of life would permeate every soul, would cover the earth in such a way that this world looks the way God wants it to look. Achieving that result is what makes suffering worth it. So we fix our eyes. Not on what is seen, since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. He's saying, look, let me, let me put this now in the context of Sunrise Ministries. Our stated aim as Sunrise Ministries is to transform the world with With God's grace and love, and I'm glad you're so excited about that. (laughs) Is it our stated mission to have 500 people crammed into this room that won't hold 500 people? No. No. Is it our stated mission to every year bring in $10,000 more than what we've budgeted to bring in in a year? Yes or no? No. (laughs) When you think about what the aim of Sunrise Ministries is and what it is you're going to invest in, you don't have to answer this one out loud, is it to invest in what is seen at the cost of what is unseen, the number of people who show up in a room or the amount of money that is received? At the expense of what is unseen. Or is it to focus on the unseen? Perhaps even at the expense of what is seen. Some of these unseen things could be what Paul later writes in Galatians, the fruit of the Spirit. Where Paul says it is very important for followers of Jesus who are trying to be a a compelling community of people who show the world God's grace and love to live as folks who exhibit Love, peace, mercy, grace, patience, goodness, gentleness, self-control. Those are unseen things. Those are not things that you can count, like you can count checks or dollar bills. They're not things that you can count, like you can count bodies sitting in a room. Those are unseen things. Things, And if this is where we are to focus ourselves on the, the ways that Jesus internally cultivates his people so that they become a fresh expression of himself and the world around them, if this is where we are supposed to focus ourselves, then we cannot be focused on results. I'll let me back up for a second. When you are making your grandmother's apple pie. That is just amazing. You want the result of your work to be fantastic, right? You want the people around you to think that your grandma resurrected from the dead and came back and made that pie for the group of people you're serving it to because it was so well done. What's your path to doing that? Focusing so much on wanting that pie to taste great that you forget the process of what needs to happen. You forget the recipe ingredients, the instructions to preheat the oven at the right temperature. Do you forget all of those things? No. To have that pie show up the way that it's supposed to show up, not overcooked, not undercooked, just the right amount of cinnamon and sugar, you have to trust the process. So you go to the store and you get the green granny apples Not the gala apples because they're way too sweet. And you follow all of the steps that your grandmother left behind for you to bake the apple pie that you hope to make. I think Paul is saying something similar here. He's saying, look... We are not going to focus on what is seen. We're not going to focus on having this pristine-looking community of people because if we do that, we're going to forget all of the process that Jesus laid out for us to follow. And part of that process includes we have to develop ourselves internally. We have to govern ourselves in such a way that people are attracted to our grace and our love and our mercy and our peace, and our patience, and kindness, and goodness, and gentleness, and faith. And if we will do that, if we will take ownership of those things, then that apple pie is going to come out exactly the way it should come out. The Sunrise Ministries, I want to submit to you that I think Paul's words for us today are similar to the words that I think he has given to the Corinthians when he wrote this letter. You have an opportunity. I have an opportunity. As elders. Directors. Staff. Volunteers. Guests. Long time members of Sunrise Ministries. To choose to either take responsibility for. Process. Or results. And if we're going to focus on results. Over process. How many people are we going to have at Sunrise Ministries, how much money is going to come in, how many kids will be here for children's ministries, if that's what we're going to try to focus on, what we'll take responsibility for, we will live in, what's that last word up there? Fear. Now, you know this is true. If you're a salesperson and you're focused only on results at the expense of process, you're going to be pretty fearful. I've got to make $5 million of sales by the end of the calendar year, and that's coming up soon. If you forget the process, the things you have done to make you successful to this point in your career, and just focus on trying to control the results, you will live in fear. Same thing is true for followers of Jesus. If our aim as Sunrise Ministries is what we say it is, which is to transform the world with God's grace and love and we seek to forget about all of the process, all of the things that God has called us to do, the things he's left behind so that we can put together the perfect recipe to be that group of people who would transform this world with God's grace and love, then we will live in fear. If we focus, if we try to take responsibility for results over process, we live in fear. However, we can stay focused on process over results, then we can live with what? Confidence. Confidence. If our responsibility is to simply be a community of people who follow Jesus as best we can, And if Jesus says the best way to follow him and to follow God, if you were to look at everything that he taught in all of Scripture and you were to boil it down to two important things, and they are these to love God and to love people like you love yourself, why would we not focus there? That's the recipe. That's the unseen stuff of life. And when you are in spaces where that kind of unseen stuff of life begins to ooze out of the people and the community around you, you feel loved. You feel like you are experiencing that glory that God promises, where his peace will reign, where justice will flow down onto all of us and there will be equality and equity and welcome and all of that. If those are the things that we are to be responsible for, to love God, to love each other well, and along the way of doing that to produce the fruit of the spirit of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faith, let's focus on those things and let God be responsible for the results. That has been The finger licking good secret recipe for God's people since the beginning of time. It was never Moses' responsibility to figure out how to split the Red Sea, it was never David's responsibility to figure out how to build the temple. It was Moses' responsibility to trust the process that God was with him and would lead him and God's people to the places they needed to go. So Moses, would you simply follow the process of trusting me and doing what I ask you to do? David, (laughs) you don't have to try to take control of things to make the results that you want to have happen Come into play. So it's not your job to take someone else's wife and to kill the man whose wife you took so that you can gain more power and get what you want and be the king you want to be. No. Your job is to be a man whose heart comes after my own. Sunrise Ministries. Is it our job to focus on the results at the expense of the process? No. It is our job to focus on the process of being a community of people who, even though on the outside we might look flaky and nasty, and we've got the elements of life beating up against us, we still hold inside of us like jar containers of clay something that's extremely valuable and that is the message and the love and the life of Jesus Christ. That's why Paul says before these verses in verse 5 of 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Look, when I came to you, I did not declare that the elders and I who were coming to teach you about Jesus were the folks who had everything figured out. We we didn't declare that we were the Lord. We declared that Jesus was Lord. And we, Paul and the people who came with him, came to you and said, we are your servants. We will do everything we can to show you how Jesus serves people. And so Paul and his team of people committed to boldly proclaiming the needs of the people in their area. And they got together funds to support them. They boldly showed what it meant to have patience and kindness and goodness and gentleness and faith as they even wrote letters to Corinth to confront them about things that were not going well. Because Paul and his team, who were trying to help a community of people follow Jesus well, were focused on developing what is unseen. So let me try to say all of this neatly and put a, put a bow on it. As Sunrise Ministries moves forward through this period of transition, on the one hand, though you might feel pressure to do something different, you don't need to do anything differently. Stay true to the process the process of having conversations with your kids about what it means to show up in school well with patience and kindness and goodness. Continue to go to pub theology or wine and theology or small groups or whatever circles you have and have the conversations that help you see how to navigate this world that has seen cultural values that pull us away from Jesus and talk about the unseen things that God teaches us to embody so that we can live in this world well. Though there can be a temptation to take responsibility for the results, we have to find a lead pastor by this date. We have to have this many people in this room or online between now and the time there's a new pastor. We have to have this much money coming in. We can focus on those results. But elders, directors, staff, Sunrise Ministries, if you are focused on those results, you will not have confidence. So stay focused. Stay focused on the process, the way that God has called us to live. Make your aim what our statement here at Sunrise Ministries is, to transform this world with God's grace and love. And if we can do that well, God will bless us. It's been his promise all along. If you look at this timeline from Adam and Eve all the way to the revelation, where we're told that God is going to come back and make all things new. It's been the promise that God would take responsibility for the results. We just simply have to be faithful to what he's called us to do. God, thank you for this group of people called Sunrise. Thank you for your word. Thank you for giving us these letters that have been written a long time ago to groups of people going through different transitions to help us figure out how to go through our own transitions. God, I confess that for me, it's easy to focus on results. I think for all of us, if we're really honest, we contend in that direction. That we have to self-actualize and make things happen. And the invitation of you through your son Jesus is that we would trust that Jesus' work accomplishes the results. That our job is to walk with you in the process of life that makes us look and sound and welcome more like you do. So God, help us to do that. I pray for Sunrise, for the elders, the directors, the staff, this church, as they are doing the different responsibilities that they have to show up well, to volunteer and take care of our kids, uh, to practice here with the band, to make sure that the sound of the music that happens here is good and that it helps us as a community know and follow you well. For the elders and the directors who are figuring out budgets and direction of the church and who to have conversations with about being lead pastor and all of those different things. God, I pray that you would help all of us to relax our shoulders when it comes to trying to control the results. Simply stay faithful to what you've called us to do, the process of following you. In Christ's name, amen. At the end of every service, there's an opportunity to respond. There's a bucket like this on that back table. I have this up here because it's been pointed out that sometimes people can't really see that back there. But on that back table... Between the two sets of doors that go out, there's a bucket, there's a little orange offering sign in front of it where you can put money in there if you would like to do that this morning. If you want to do that electronically, there's a QR code that's on the screen, or will be on the screen at some point, or on the chairs in front of you, too. But those are not the only ways to respond. We take time to sing. that gives some people an opportunity to simply sit and reflect. It gives other folks an opportunity to stand and sing and try to incorporate into their lives the words that we're singing to give us the strength that we need to continue to move forward well as Jesus calls us to live for him. In whatever way you need to respond, our invitation is that you would do that, that you would allow the words that have been said, whether verbally by someone up here or internally by the Holy Spirit to you, that you would allow those words to sink in and shape your life as you move into this new week.
0: extend. before we jump into this uh, last song, I did want to mention... Um, that if, you're, if you happen to be new this this Sunday or this is your first time or second or third, um, I'm also the community life director. I like to help people feel welcome and engaged and connected here at Sunrise. Uh, so if it, if it is one of your first times here, I'd love to invite you to scan that QR code in front of you and that'll bring you to our announcement page like I mentioned earlier. And that uh, there's a banner on there that um, is for our new guests. You can click on that. There's a couple questions we'd like to ask of you for you to answer and um, you guys can ask us a couple questions on there, too, and um, a little bit of basic information we ask you to fill out, and then we'd love to send you a gift later this week. So we just want you guys to help you feel welcome and connected here at Sunrise if you want to get engaged. So back to the music, back to worship. Um, we're going to introduce a new song to you guys uh, to close the service. Um, this is a song that Dave over at, David over on the drums uh, put into my ear months ago, and it's kind of been on that list to eventually introduce to you guys. It's called Firm Foundation. Um, Cody Carnes wrote this song along with um, some others. Maverick City Worship, if you guys have heard of them as well. But uh, it's just a good song. It's a good, solid um, song declaring our faith in Jesus, that he is our firm foundation. Even though trials and stuff may come our way, he is the rock that we can stand on and believe in. So I want to teach you guys the first verse. Um, so you guys can get kind of feel a little bit of comfort, a little bit of comfort as we get into it. Um, but I'm going to sing for you this first verse and maybe a little bit of chorus and have you guys join me. Uh, so here's the firm foundation.
1: Christ is my firm foundation, the rock on which I stand. When everything around me is shaken I've never been more glad That I put my faith in Jesus He's never let me down He's faithful through generations So why would He fail now? he won't he
0: won't okay so now your turn you guys sing with me that verse so
1: christ is my firm foundation here we go christ is my firm foundation the rock on which i stand when everything around me is shaken And I've never been more, glad to go up here, that I put my faith in Jesus. He's never let me down. He's faithful through generations. So why would he fail now? He won't.
0: He won't. Then we've got more to sing after that, but that's the basic gist of it. There's a bridge, but we'll sing that a bunch of times later so you guys can join in on that later. So let's sing it Firm Foundation. There you go.
1: Christ is my firm foundation. The rock on which I stand When everything around me is shaken And I've never been more glad That I put my faith in Jesus He's never let me down He's faithful through generations Why would he fail now? He won't He won't And I've still got joy in chaos I've got peace that makes no sense And I won't be going under I'm not held by my own strength Cause I put my life on Jesus He's never let me down He's faithful through every season So why would He fail now? He won't He won't He won't fail, he won't fail, Christ in my heart. he won't, he won't fail, yes he won't fail, Christ is my foundation is the rock on which I stand when everything around me is shaken I've never been more glad that I put my faith in Jesus He's never let me down He's faithful through generation so why would he fail now? He won't, oh, he won't, oh, he won't fail, he won't fail. been more glad that I put my faith in Jesus. He's never let me down. He's faithful through generations. So I would he fail now. There
3: serve a God who helped people get through bodies of water that they couldn't get through, to a God who helped people make it out of a fiery furnace, who helps people as they try to leave parts of their lives that are very difficult. This is a God who we can trust, who will not fail, regardless of whatever it is that you're facing in life. Trying to finish school well, you can get through that. Trying to find a new pastor, you can get through that trying to welcome a new phase of life that doesn't feel comfortable, you can get through that. God does not fail. Stay true, stay faithful to who he's called you to be. That's our prayer. Sunrise, we love you. We hope that you have a great week. Continue working with us to transform this world with God's grace and with his love. We love you guys.